Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. A 40-year career with only one company is certainly a rarity today. Even rarer is to spend those 40 years with one goal in mind, and that is to, quote, see every young adult reach their potential. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I'm very happy to welcome Joy Mailer, CEO at Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Sun Coast. In this episode, you're going to learn one thing that most people don't know about Joy, how Big Brothers Big Sisters pairs adolescents in need with the right adult. Why Joy's organization has such a strong connection with the U.S. military. Joy's favorite story, which will certainly warm your heart. How you can get involved and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today, as it is my hope you will listen, learn, but most importantly, connect. Joy Mailer, CEO at Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Sun Coast. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. Just for our listeners to know, I actually had a series of guests lined up and I had some technology problems and I had to reschedule them. And Joy is one of those unfortunate ones we had to reschedule, but we're glad to have you on the show. Well, great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on and we're going to get into everything about big brothers and big sisters, but I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of a background here about Big Brothers and Big Sisters of the Sun Coast. And I'm just going to read a little introduction here. It says, for over 50 years, Big Brothers and Big Sisters of the Sun Coast, which includes 10 counties, has been matching youth in meaningful, enduring, professionally supported mentoring relationships with adult volunteers who defend their potential and help them achieve their biggest possible futures. I love that statement. Big Brothers Big Sisters' evidence-based approach is designed to create positive youth outcomes, including educational success, avoidance of risky behaviors, higher aspirations, greater confidence, and improved relationships. This past year, Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Sun Coast has served over 1,800 youth across a 10-county footprint. That's a big, big accomplishment that you all have had, but we're not even going to get into the nitty gritty details of this before I get to ask you my favorite question, which is what's one thing that people don't know about Joy, Joy Mailer? <laughs> well, um, 
It could be. I, there's probably a wide variety of things. The things that most people would know on Gratiot County's Dairy Princess. <laughs> Wait, say that again. <laughs> I was Gratiot County's Dairy Princess. How crazy is that? But probably more important than that is I worked my career. I began working at a juvenile detention facility. And it's really out of that experience that I knew I wanted to go into community development and I wanted to work for youth in a positive way. Little did I know I'd end up at Big Brothers Big Sisters but um, that experience in the detention facility, Bob, they look just like normal, regular kids. Oh, I'm dying. Yes, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Well, you have a wonderful heart for the youth, and uh, and it's evidenced by the fact that you have been with Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Suncoast for pushing on 40 years now. So that's quite a run that you've had with them. And that's becoming a Dairy Queen. That's a... Uh... <laughs> No princess. For Dairy, Dairy, Dairy Princess. <laughs> I I guess maybe some year you'll get to the Dairy Queen level instead of just a princess, right? Oh, maybe so. Well, I came from Clinton County, Ohio. We had the uh, Pork Queen every year, so I think it's oh, even okay. less illustrious than, <laughs> than the Dairy Princess. So, oh well, that's cute. That's cute. Let's get into Big Brothers and Big Sisters. A little bit more specifically of what you do now you've had an impact of all those lives last year and i'll just read some statistics real quickly 97 percent graduate high school or were promoted to the next grade 99 percent of high school seniors continue education or join the military or enter the workforce 100 percent avoid truancy 90 percent of the funds spent go to programs and that's quite a that's a Tremendous legacy right there. But let's get into what exactly does Big Brothers and Big Sisters do in the impact that they have? Well, I would say that we are connectors. We connect youth with their community. I don't know about you, but I've always had mentors in my life, former CEO of Gillette, former COO of Deloitte. I've always had people in my life that mentored me through my career And really, connecting youth with a mentor is encourages, inspires the youth um, to know that they can achieve more than where they're at, maybe their family situation. And our parents, we have wonderful parents that also are really interested in helping their, their children achieve. So we do. We connect the community volunteers. Bigs, we call them, big brothers and big sisters, with youth that really could need and want a mentor. And so the youth are called littles, correct? Yeah. Yes. Bigs and littles. I like that, the bigs. I like that, the bigs and the littles. Well, how do you pair a big with a little? What does that look like? Yes. So... We interview the volunteer, kind of their past experience. What are they looking to do uh, in their volunteer experience? Who and how do they think they can impact? Uh, What do they bring? And so we interview that volunteer. And then we also interview the the youth, uh, the little. 
and we talk about what do they feel they need. We look at their academic achievement. We look at um, a variety of different areas, interest areas the little may have. We also talk with the parent. What do they suggest? What do they think? And then we match really based on mutual interests. Um, we may match based on obviously location first so that they kind of live close enough that it would be easy for the volunteer to spend time. We also match in the schools, so volunteers can go to a school. They may be interested in reading with a little. They may be interested in career development. Whatever their interests are, that's our matching process. When a family comes to you, is it typically... I'm trying to paint a scenario in my mind. Is it typically a single parent household that may realize the need for a female or a male influence in their child's life? Yes, but it's also schools. Education is one of the pillars of our strategic plan. So we really follow their educational success as well. So it's typically a single parent. Oh, although in our community with a lot of, of more uh, elderly individuals, it may be grandparents raising a grandchild. Uh, so it's whatever the circumstance is based truly on what the need of the child is. I was so blessed to have a wonderful father and a great father-in-law. As you and I were talking before I hit record, I married my high school sweetheart. And basically, she and I grew up together in a small town in southwest Ohio. So it was wonderful having those two men in my lives. But I will say, I really lament the fact I did not really get to know my grandparents. Uh, my grandmother passed away when I was pretty young. And of course, uh, her husband and my other two grandparents had already passed away. So I could see where that could be a great, a tremendous value add to have, you know, a senior citizen of which I'm quickly falling into that category to have someone in the life of a youth that would really love to have that perspective. Well, for our volunteers, and we did a study a number of years ago with University of South Florida on what elder volunteers mentoring uh, youth and what we were finding a lot is that the volunteers were really looking to maybe recapitulate youth that maybe they had been busy during their corporate business life and they really wanted to connect with youth, maybe something for their own children. They hadn't been as connected as they would have liked. They also really enjoy being around youth, that intergenerational piece for volunteers oh, is sure. amazing. They get to do things that they wouldn't necessarily do as as a part of of their everyday lives. So the and the connectivity. People want to connect with other people in their community. And for the youth, it's got tremendous benefit because they can often see and be around people that have a vast life experience that maybe their their parent did not have. Absolutely. Now you serve youth from age six to 18. Is that correct? 
actually, um, to age 21, a few years ago, we started that Big Futures program. And the reason being is that a lot of our youth, after they graduated high school, they really didn't have a plan of where they were going in the future. And so we have started Big Futures, where we work with our youth that everybody that graduating has a plan. They're either going to the military, they're going to higher ed, getting a job, doing a training program. So that we found that the persistence rate for our youth, especially in post-secondary, was better if they had that volunteer that followed them through. That's neat. That's neat. You know, it's interesting when I think of the age group that you serve, I, back in episode 63, I had Michelle Caprillion of 40 Carats Family Center. I've had her on. I also had uh, Philip uh, Cavill. Is it Cavill? Philip Cavill. Cavill of Children's First. And yes. so they really hit that area, I think, outside of what you serve. But it's just so wonderful having folks like that here in the greater Sarasota area because then parents can tap into that as well. Absolutely. Um, both of those are excellent programs. And the key piece is we need to connect intergenerationally within our communities. We sometimes feel a little bit like the chamber, you know, where it's the network between the youth and um, our volunteers. And not all of our volunteers are retirees. We also have businessmen and women and uh, younger as well. I think that's very, very important, particularly if uh, in today's hectic world, you can carve out some time and you're still working. That would be great. Well, talk a little bit more about the orientation. Somebody out there is listening right now and they have heard about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. They want to contribute, but they're curious about the orientation that they would go through. One thing that's really important in this is that we as volunteers aren't going to fix, repair, we're going to connect. And I think that's really important that people understand that you just spend time and you listen and you, um, it's just spending time with you. The orientation really helps volunteers understand the children that we're working with. They are great kids with tremendous potential. They just don't have access to the wider community uh, and a connection there. So the orientation process is sitting with one of our mentor managers and talking about the process, walking through, uh, getting to better know that volunteer to best be able to, to match them. What are topics that are off limits? Because we all have a worldview. We all have a background that we came from that we think is right or wrong or whatnot. But you, it would seem to me as if the big would have to kind of traverse a certain path here of what they do and what they don't do. I don't think there's a do or a don't. It's not passing judgment. You know, we have to have compassion and kindness for one another. And I think in this instance, it is definitely an opportunity for, you know, I hear volunteers always say, I learned so much. And I think when you put 
people together. You connect them. Being open and learning about each other without with compassion and without judgment. So I don't think there's an off limits. Kids will ask anything. I mean, they'll they're discovering the world and how to, you know, navigate through the world. So just, I mean, whatever you share as a volunteer comes from your perspective. And um, I don't think there's anything that's really off limits. What we do, I think that's really important is our mentor managers connect with that match, the big, the little, and the parent on an ongoing basis. So that if the volunteer um, has questions or needs clarity, there's always a professional there that will support them through that that uh, match activity and communication. That's a great support system that you have for the big. That's great. That's great. How t- long does the relationship typically last between a big and a little? Yeah. So every little has what we call a plan. So their plan based on what their needs are. So some may be we have a senior in high school that has senioritis and is not looking to graduate. They're on the path, but maybe their job, maybe something. So their match. So their goal would be to graduate high school with a plan moving forward. So that match could last two to three years, kind of depends. We have matches and connections that last a lifetime. Oh, that's wonderful. So it also depends on if there's in our reading program. And um, so all of our youth attain grade level reading. So that it depends on what the focus is. We're real relationship-based. Um, focused on building a relationship between that that big and that little. Uh, so it really kind of depends. Some people move, some people change in terms of, of what they do. Our average is about three years. That's interesting. You, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the connection between the littles and the military that many of them graduate high school and they go on to jobs. But there's a very strong connection that you have with the military. As a matter of fact, one of the statistics I pulled out is 54% of bigs have a military background. Where does that come from? Well, we have a partnership with our attorney general in the state of Florida, and she is very connected to our law enforcement communities and actually supports uh, law enforcement being involved as a big, uh, as well as recognizing military, uh, former military and current to be involved as bigs. You know, that opportunity for our littles, many times they do the career that they kind of followed the career that their big was in. So a great number of our, our kids uh, are involved in education if their big was in education, et cetera, as well as uh, with a number of our bigs, like you say, being involved or retired from the military. A great number of our littles that are interested also 
uh, go into the military. So it's, you know, for, I think, support as a statewide level, as well as on a local level. It, w- it would make sense because certainly when I came out of high school, which was a long time ago, I had the same questions a lot of seniors do, you know, well, what do I do next? And I actually, my parents, and I've said this several times on my past episode, my parents actually met at the Pentagon. It was during the Korean War. So my mother was at the Pentagon. I think she outranked my dad too. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it would make sense that a lot of these kids would go into the military because, again, it gives them that sense of purpose and direction and that great connection that you have there, I, I think that's wonderful. And I lament the fact that I didn't spend a couple of years in the military, so maybe we'd grown up a little bit quicker. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 get down into the different initiatives that you have. You have decisions to win, juvenile justice, beyond school walls, bigs with badges, gateways to success, and reading bigs. Talk about. I don't know. Choose one of those and talk about what your favorite one is. Uh, decisions to win or juvenile justice. Which which is your favorite? And let's let's talk about that. <laughs> well, I frankly like them all. The juvenile justice, having worked in a juvenile detention facility, what I found there was the recidivism rate of youth was way too high. Now, granted, it's been a number of years ago, and the system's most likely changed. But what we find is 70% of our incarcerated families, their youth seem to, or their children um, also become incarcerated. So it's really a diversion to um, incarceration. We focus on youth that have an incarcerated relative and really focus our efforts on providing them a decision-making process so that they know that they can really make different decisions, that they don't have to follow that line. Um, And that's probably one of our focuses to really provide young people an alternative and they, they really want an alternative. They've sure seen they the do. pain and anguish that it's caused their family. Absolutely. So they want to make different decisions. That's probably The Decisions to Win program actually came out of um, Pennsylvania where a person worked with inmates about their decision-making process. And the fact that you may not be able to make choices about your immediate being born into poverty, having a relative incarcerated or whatever, but you can make choices about the way you live your own life. And that's what that whole decision-making decisions to win is about is that you're in the driver's seat of your life. That is so critical in today's world because social media, a lot of social media tells you a lot different than that, that, uh, you're a product of something you can't change. And so what you're teaching these youth are to take personal responsibility for their decisions. I think that's just absolutely critical. Well, the key here is, I think, you have a plan and you have a plan B. If plan A doesn't work, then you have something, you know, what do they say? The key to success in life 
is how well you line up with plan B. So I think for a lot of our youth, personal responsibility and accepting that responsibility for one's, the things you can control is mission critical. That's fantastic. What's another initiative that you like and you'd want to share with our listeners? Reading bigs. Oh, I love them all. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Beyond School Walls is a career development one where youth, um, like we currently have a partnership with Plymouth Harbor. Talk about intergenerational. Oh, my goodness. And and people think, well, it's maybe just caretaking, but there's the accounting department, the marketing department. They learn so much and it's hands-on. So they actually go to uh, the corporation organization and they get to meet one-on-one with their mentor. It's just an incredible program. We've done it in healthcare. We have in a variety of different areas. Reading, I mean, reading is fundamental. Isn't that like many years ago we had that? The bottom line is that when we talk about youth and being um, in a situation where there are limited resources, children often don't read at home and they don't read it and not it being read to. During the pandemic, that was just an incredible piece that we did where bigs and littles couldn't get together. So they could do it, Zoom read over um, technology. It was incredible. So they're all my favorites, but it's it's interesting. That was going to be my next question because it hasn't always been sunshine and roses where you have these great outcomes and COVID I'm sure was a tremendous interrupter in what you wanted to accomplish. Uh, but it was. You, you also, so, so kind of combine that with the fact that you're actually building a new mentoring center. I think the listeners would love to hear about that. So during a major pandemic, people are so resilient and persistent. And our volunteers really learned all about Zoom. They learned all about technology. And we all did and how we could connect with children. So we would have individual volunteers reading with children. We would have them connecting regardless of whether or not they could actually be face-to-face. It was an amazing opportunity. Our Mentors Center, which I'm really excited about, is uh, should be completed by January of 2024. And it really will be a wonderful opportunity for our youth to meet with their big there. They We're going to have teaching sessions, creating um, art, reading programs, uh, career exploration. I mean, it's a STEM center. We have a partner that has donated um, laptops for our kids. So it'll be a centralized place where our community can come together with youth. And it's exciting. That sounds wonderful. That's now is that a new building or a renovation that you're doing? It's a renovation and uh it's about 8800 square feet and oh it's in mid uh Sarasota and so it's offices for our our staff as well as the mentor center. 
Well, I can't let you go before you give me a couple of your favorite stories. Uh, You've been with Big Brothers Big Sisters for 40 years, so there has to be a couple of stories that really stand out for you that you'd like to share. Well, I know we had a hurricane, obviously, last fall. And I took a couple of my grandsons to Lee County, where we had a big box truck brought in from Tampa for supplies. And so my grandsons were off school because schools were closed there for a few days. And on the way back, after a full day of moving boxes and handing out tarps and flashlights and all sorts of of supplies to well over 250 of our families, I said to the boys, okay, where do you want to eat? And they picked a steakhouse. And we went there, of course. They were teenage boys. And we stopped off at this steakhouse in Port Charlotte on our way back. And we were wearing our Big Brother shirts, and we were waiting on a table, and we were kind of exhausted. A man kept walking by. He said, oh, my goodness, Big Brothers. I had a Big Brother 40 years ago. It was the best experience of my life. And he talked to Ann about his big and what a difference it had made in his life. He taught me how to greet people. He bought me shoes when we were going to an event and I only had old tennis shoes. And and he taught me how to interact and, and et cetera. And I said to the gentleman, well, what do you do now? And he said, I manage this restaurant. And he said, I'm so grateful for what Big Brothers Big Sisters did. That is wonderful. I'm sure that incredibly warms your heart and to have your your kids right there with you and to hear that. So Yeah, they well, they think I knew everybody, but um, (laughs) you know, the reality is is that we just recently handed out scholarships. Uh, through the Florida prepaid. And one of the parents said to me, you know, her big sister told her that the world is, is out there and she can achieve whatever she wants to. But this scholarship and the support of your staff really will ensure that she will be able to achieve and how appreciative she was. And she just said, you know, I don't think our family could have ever achieved what we have without Big Brothers Big Sisters. So just knowing the difference, right? the connections we make for youth and watching them blossom and grow and become, you know, more than they dreamt they ever could be. Certainly. And a lot of these kids that you've seen over the years, you knew the backgrounds that they came from and know that they didn't have a chance at all unless there was some type of outside influence and intervention, if you will, and you were a part of that. That's a wonderful legacy, Joy. Well, it is, but more, I think what's exciting for me is that our youth have so much potential. All they they need is a connection. They just need to connect to something bigger than what they currently know and something brighter. So, um, you know, the difference between juvenile court and really providing opportunities. When I first got involved in BIGS, 
I thought it was just going to be for a short while. I was going to help them out. I was going to help build a business plan to hand off to somebody. But it really, it really hooked me. It really spoke to me about really the difference we can make in people's lives if we just give them a mentor. Well, and here you are 40 years later. So that is a tremendous legacy. And Joy, what is your most pressing need right now? Again, we're, we're going to let you go here because we both got to get back you know, to, to the rest of our work. But what's your most pressing need right now? I think support and volunteers, they go hand in hand. We have the Mentor Center that we really, we have a campaign, a $7 million campaign that we're really looking to our community to help support. And then volunteers that are willing to step up and share a little bit of their life with uh, a young person. Well, Joy, once again, I think that's an incredible legacy that you have built. And just for our listeners, if you want to reach out to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of the Sun Coast, their website address is BBBS. S-U-N, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Son.org. And you can go there and find out more about what Joy is building and the rest of her team. Joy, it's been a pleasure having you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you so, so very much. Appreciate well, it's, it. It's been my pleasure. And again, to all of our listeners, we always appreciate you tuning in. And as I always sign off, I always say, onward and upward. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect.